Hey, Harmonic family. Do you have a business looking for advertising or sponsorship opportunities? Why not advertise with Harmonics with Gregory Correa? Advertisements at competitive rates and sponsorships are available. Need help creating an ad? We can help with that too. Visit us on Facebook at Harmonics with Gregory Correa. Good evening and welcome to another show of Harmonics. Today's guest, I have an iconic photographer who I think in this area is one of the best, if not the best. We're going to talk about his new book that is coming out shortly, The Great Pat Johnson. What is up, brother? Man, you're looking good Thanks. in your leather, man. Thanks. You look all relaxed. Well, I had to look good to compare, compete with you. <laughs> you know, Pat, uh, it's great to have you back again. It's you know you're you're a phenomenal photographer. So let's talk about your book. It's called the Blue Collar. Blue Collar Photographer. So uh, here I'll let people see it. Why is that the t the title and why is that the title? Is a couple reasons. Uh, one is I'm from the west side of Cleveland. Mm -hmm. You know and. Uh, when I was there, it was Rust Belt. It was all, you either got, went to college or you worked at Chevy, Ford, steel mills, tool and die shops. That's what, the, you know, blue, it's a real blue collar mm -hmm. town. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> the west side where I'm from. And then Joel Selvin, who wrote the, for, the intro for me, he also put in it that I'm, I was the workaday photographer. I wasn't the guy you know, and I didn't come from a lot of money. I'm not a rich kid that came in and could, you know, every piece of equipment you see, and I bought yes. one piece at a time, earning it. <coughs> and, um, you know, and I was a work-a-day photographer. I mean, why I did my book now, a million years later, I, I didn't have the time because I had to make money to survive. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I was, I didn't have my pictures up on, uh, uh, on services to sell the magazines because, mm -hmm. I was working for the guy. Right. Like, you know, I would, for an example, the Doobie Brothers hired me to do a day on the green many years ago, and they had hired a bunch of midgets to come in, and Elton John was going to do the, the, um, the uh, encore, and there's a picture of them in, that, in the book. Uh -huh. You know, and I shot three or four day journey, hired me, you know, I did day, Santana. I would shoot Santana or Journey or, or Doobies, and then I'd leave. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, there's all these photographers, that, you know, great guys and great photographers that would stay there and in the pit and shoot every show. Mm -hmm. I never did that. Really? You just, you basically did it just with one band or so? If I was, yeah, like, you know, if I, when I was doing the Doobie Brothers, I, I didn't even really know who was on the show. It might have mm -hmm. been Leonard Skinner and, and uh, I don't know, and I, you know, I, I had passes. I could have stood and shot. For, mm -hmm. I didn't care. I went home. I want to beat the traffic. There you go. Um, so in your in this book here, and it's such a beautiful book. You had um, Joel Sullivan actually did your forward. Am I correct? Yeah. And you and Joel are very close friends. Yeah, he's a great guy. Uh, to have Joel do this is pretty amazing. When you look through the pages, and I haven't looked at all the pages and all the photography that you have done, you you have a 
wide spectrum of all kinds of different artists that you've done. So let's 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 put it to you this way: when you actually get, like, say, um, an artist that comes into your studio, how does that start? How does that process start with you and the, you know, the the, the client? That's a cool question. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, well, to, to kind of lead up to the answer. Mm-hmm. Um, I never really looked at all my stuff at once. I just would shoot, put it away, shoot, put it away, and look at oh, and put it away, and knew it was good. But then I'd move on to the next one. So I had a gallery, a couple of gallery shows, and then I saw it. and I went ooh, and people patted me on the back. But I still was ooh. So this thing coming out, mm-hmm. it's put me all. It puts me puts all this stuff into perspective and says, wow. And you know, I've always been a humble, non-blowhard, not talk about myself guy. But in, uh, at this point, right now, I kind of have to. I look at it and go, "Wow, this, these photos are special." Mm-hmm. And part of the thing about m- me, and I imagine it is with all photographers, mm-hmm. at least good ones. First, you got to know how to use the camera. Yes. Then you got to have the eye. Mm-hmm. Then you've got to know how to do lighting, like you have lighting here. You have yes. To, and each and in, 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 in each shoot I did, including you guys, mm-hmm. it's I, I changed the lighting and made it unique to them. Yes. And so you had to know lighting, and then the most important thing is you had to have a personality. Mm-hmm. And my Cleveland, uh, grow up on the West Side, the fuck you looking at sort mm-hmm. of mentality. Right, right. You know, and, it, and I was the guy that would get jumped by the hoods. But I never got beat up because I talked them into buying me a beer. Right? The other guys, are, the other guys are getting beat up That's by the, good. By That's the hoods good. and you know, the greasers and yeah. and greaser back there was a hood, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, so my Cleveland, you know, no, no mentality. No, yeah, don't take any prisoners mentality. Right, prisoners mentality, and also being the California, you know, ex pot smoker guy, kind of combined that. Mm-hmm. So when people walked into my studio, I, you know, I fuck with them. You know, I uh, yeah, I, you I, do. You know, yeah, I, yeah. You know, what's that on your shirt? My morons and stuff. <laughs> you know, jokes. And, and within minutes, right. I get them loose. And yeah, and it's my Cleveland personality. And all of a sudden, these guys walk in like they're oh, big shots. And all of a sudden, five minutes later, they're like, ah, relax. And then I get them in front of the stu- thing, and you know, and I'm I'm having fun with them. And right. all of a sudden. My photo shoots are fun, right? You know, I mean, uh, it's not in my book, but Phil Moog, the lead, the lead singer of uh, UFO, wrote a wrote a quote for the book with Joel, and we didn't put it in. But anyhow, part of the quote he said was, "It's uh, 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 when it come to Pat's shoot, they're fun. We have a we have we laugh." Right. Elvin Bishop's quote. Here, is, there you go. Is, um, um, Pat Johnson's a hell of a fella. A photo session with him is a ton of fun. Mm-hmm. He puts you in the mood and always comes up with some real cool shots. Oh, you 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 definitely come up with right, some, yeah. and so I think it's a combination of all those things, but mostly being me and mm-hmm. just letting me be me, mm-hmm. so that you can be you, and all of a sudden it, you, you transpire know, into yeah, one, one, yeah, one. Yeah, I've heard stories, and I won't mention particular names, but mm-hmm. oh, he's you know, he's hard to work with. He's a jerk. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I never I, I never had that. No, you're you're, you're like the you're a blue collar worker. I think that's what really people respect you. You're like a common guy. Yeah. You know, it's not like you and you don't have you don't put on no no big eagle. You really what you just said. That's what you did with us. You know, at first, when my guitar player was going, "Hey, man, he's kind of rough." And I go, "Dude, that's just Pat." And and then it would became it became fun, and you 
you did a beautiful thing for us in Blue Voodoo where we were under the cast under the, the blue light with sort of like the beetle side, side face look, dark, uh, clear. Great shot. Um, you, you do things that are, they make you look better. All your pictures, I've seen so many of your pictures and then going into your studio, you, it's just you, you and I, when I did some work for you, I noticed that you, you have an array of, of pictures. You did the Giants, am I correct? Yeah. You did the 49ers. Yeah. You had pictures of the Warriors. I was the Warriors photographer from 84 to 2001. Really? Run TMC, all those photos are mine. They're not in the book, it's a music book, mm -hmm. but yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Comedians, I did all the comedians in the 80s. Wow. I might be doing a book with Will Durson of the near future about comedians. Wow, you know? that's that's excellent. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, uh, while you're doing this, and Grace Slick actually said something. If you want to read Grace no, Slick. Read okay, Grace said this. Pat knows how to get the, the past, the pose, to get the real person in the shot. The smoke shot is one of my favorite of me. That's Grace Slick who played Woodstock and she's iconic, White Rabbit, etc. How was working with Grace? Oh, are you kidding? She's beautiful, obviously. She's beautiful. She's a no-nonsense person. Mm -hmm. and But she gets it. She's a pro. She's well, I love Grace Slick. Mm -hmm. I love her. She's a pro's pro. Um, she did, did whatever we wanted, I mean, to, to a degree. And, mm -hmm. uh, and I worked with her numerous times, and I got to be really close friends with her daughter, China, mm -hmm. baby China on the mm -hmm. album. Yes, I remember it, that it, album. Lo lovely, lovely yes. woman. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't speak high enough about Grace Lake. Just iconic, I just an iconic person and she does artwork from what I understand. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go through a couple other people that I like to just mention because you've taken pictures in here. You got a young picture of John Fogarty. How, was, how did that happen evolve? That was, that was fun, that was with BAM Magazine. Oh, you worked for BAM Magazine. also? Yeah, I did, uh, I did covers for them. That was, that was a inside shot of a BAM Magazine cover. That was really, that's really cool. Uh, you got a picture here of Michael Jackson. Can you talk about Michael a little bit? Yeah. Um, I think he's the most misunderstood character that I've worked with. Uh, we spent three days going around promoting. He was when they, the Epic Records signed him from the Jacksons, he was 15, from uh, Motown to Epic, and it was their first record. And we went around town for three days promoting the record, and then, Michael Jackson was like 15. He was the nicest kid in the world. Mm -hmm. He'd go, what did you do last night, Pat? And I'd go, oh, Jesus, I, I played softball. I got a game tonight. You know, and he, I played softball. And he goes, oh, how'd you do? I said, ah, we lost. But I threw a guy out at third, you know. And he'd get, he'd, he loved it. He'd get vicariously played baseball through me. Yeah. And at one point, um, he, on his own, he says, do you have a girlfriend? And I'm going to start crying. Last time I told the story, I started yeah, crying. Yeah. It was my late wife, Denise, her name, you know, and he, go, he goes, what's her name? I go, Denise. He gets up and gets a KYA song sheet and goes around and has all of his brothers sign it. Michael J. I didn't go, could you, he went around and got a sign for Denise. And I've had <laughs> it in my, my wedding book for years. Mm -hmm. And last year, I uh, pulled it out, it was mint condition, mm -hmm. framed it along with one of my Michael Jackson pictures and gave it to my daughter for, for Christmas. What a gift. Because she loved uh, Michael Jackson, mm -hmm. Jackson, mm -hmm. Michael Jackson. Mm -hmm. And, of course, she loved her late mother, you know? Of course. So, yeah, it's one of the, of you know, I love Michael Jackson. You know, Pat was talking about crying. We were, there was a discussion with Sujoy Sakar, who is my producer also, that uh, his wife had passed also. So we were in the, watching our, a little bit of Pat, 
and then the next thing we know, uh, I looked over at Pat Pat's crying, Sue Joy's crying, and I started to cry. It showed the emotion, but actually, actually showed how what kind of people we really were. We really think of people that have passed before us. And let's get back to the interview because we could go on to that in a different way. Uh, what was like Willie Nelson? I'm just going to go through the book. What Willie Nelson? I love Willie Nelson. He's a great guy. You know, mm-hmm. he I said, "You want to smoke a joint?" And <laughs> I said, I no, because, you know, I, I'd smoke pot at the time, but, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I can't get stoned when I'm mm-hmm. working or when I'm playing sports. I've you know, got to be on my game. But he was a great guy. He, mm-hmm. One of the things he did at the BR Cone was did a, raised a bunch of money for veterans, you know. Mm-hmm. So, Wow. Ronnie Matros. Love Ronnie Matros. Ronnie, Ronnie love Ronnie. Ronnie. I mean, I loved right. him. He, you know, I'd call him up and make, put on funny voices and, you know, and... <laughs> Yeah. Who is it? Who, you know, you know, you know, I loved Rod. It was a, it was a sad story. It is he, sad. It is sorry. Gone, yeah. How he's gone. Um, John Lee Hooker. <laughs> he, um, the picture says it all. I mean, mm-hmm. he was cool. He was the blues king of the Bay mm-hmm. Area. I mean, he's not from here, but you know, he, he was haughty and cool and a total pro. But you know, I, you know, he was cool. The Wilson brothers, Brian and Dennis. How was that? Was that the era when the was that in the seventies or it after? Was in, that, the, those, this was seventy eight. Mm-hmm. Dennis was promoting his single solo album, mm-hmm. Pacific Ocean Blue, and uh, Brian was probably eighty one. I shot all the Beach Boys separately, mm-hmm. except Carl. I never got Carl, but um, but this is an interesting picture of yeah of De- Dennis. If you could see it, a little bit of it. He. Um, that's an interesting story. We're driving down to San Jose to go to KOME and KSGO mm-hmm. to promote his record. Mm-hmm. And we're in the limo in the old days where they had limos and spent money on their artists. Right. And uh, he turns to Joel and Newman and I, and he, and he was just like a happy-go-lucky guy, you know, mm-hmm. Southern California surfer dude or something. Right. He goes, you guys want to smoke a joint? Speaking of joints. And we went, nah, no thanks. He smokes a joint and goes, and turns into this brooding Charles Manson guy. And if you squint, that looks like Charles Manson. He hung out with Charles Manson. Yes, the history. yes. That, that that was that picture was at a gallery show in in, in uh, Santa Rosa years a few years ago, and some woman came up and asked him to take it down because he said it freaked him out. Wow, that is an interesting. That is sort of like uh, disturbing. Yeah. When I look at it, because it doesn't look like when the Brian. Wilson, I have seen on albums and also seen him play on in in, in albums and I mean sh- concerts and also yeah. shows. Yeah, uh, he was a great guy. He just the pot just whacked him out. You know. Oh God, you got here's a great. These are three great guys, and I want you to say a little bit about them. Let's go first with the smooth voice of Lou Rawls. Um, my close friend Alan Bush was a hairstylist from out of Al Sassoon. And he moved to L.A. and created his own line, ABBA hair products. Mm-hmm. And he had Lou Rawls, who was his client. And he, <laughs> and he flew me down as a pet. So I flew down. And I got, actually, I've got all these pictures of Alan cutting his hair, doing the cut. Serious. And then when we're done, we did these portraits. Yeah. It's uh, Lou Rawls, that song, You'll Never Find. Yeah. Yeah. That's my mother-in-law, Pat Barboza's favorite song, I think, of all time. Yeah. Um, Barry White. Uh, I didn't talk to him much. I got to I got to meet Barry. He was very kind to me. First thing he said to me, he goes, "It was at his book signing. I was the only white guy in the whole thing in, on Martin Luther King in Berkeley. This is years ago. And the first thing he had these two beautiful 
beautiful ladies next to him. And he's signing the book. He goes, "What do you want? Who do you want to sign it for?" And I go, "My wife, Victoria." And he goes, "Before I sign it, he goes, could I, could I ask you something? Tell you something? Ask you something?'" I said, "Sure." And he goes, "Is that your real hair?" I said, "Yeah." And he goes, "That's a beautiful thing, man. I wish I had hair. My hair was a lot, lot, lot longer." And we, st- then we sat and talked for almost ten minutes. Him and I. He was a great guy. Yeah, I remember shooting him, and I don't have the pictures of it or anything, but mm-hmm. in my memories, I think it's right, but. I swear to God, I did a shot him live at a Hell's Angel event. <laughs> that, that's that's quite, well, they could afford it. I know, but it was you like, know? you know, I, I was hired, and I, I don't remember even who hired me, but I remember walking through, and it was like the Hell's Angels everywhere, and it was a and it was a Hell's Angels produced event. It wasn't a Cleveland dream, was it? No, no. <laughs> and the, clo- the the shot I got, I couldn't even get close. Uh-huh. Was him about this big and this wow. big big sign and the. Very white. Very white, yeah. James Brown. Oh, my God. James Brown is the king of kings. Mm-hmm. Um, I shot him like three different times. At, uh, the I, I shot him at Narda Michael Walden's office, uh, who's a producer. And you had to call James Brown Mr. Brown. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And there's a story that goes behind that. But anyhow, so you go, hey, Mr. Brown. I go, and I have my Cleveland Indian hat on. And I go, Hey, Mr. Brown, you know, I want to say something that uh, I've always admired two people with very similar names, you, James Brown, and the great Jim Brown. And he goes, he looks at my hat and goes, I love them Atlanta Braves. <laughs> Braves with a B, Braves, you know. <laughs> I, went, I didn't know what, whether to shit or fall down, you know. And uh, and uh, then he says, That's great. You know, I met the Pope, the Pope, the Pope, I met the Pope. The Pope likes my music. He, he talks like you think. And, and, you know, and I got this mental picture of the Polish Pope doing, you know, his underwear going, get up off of that thing, you know, yeah. like, like Tom Cruise. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, he sends his buddy out, his, one of his guys out to come back and he goes, I still have it, a Xerox copy of him shaking the Pope. Oh, you know. wow. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, a person that we did a special on, I've met him. He's a nice guy. He was stricken with uh, Lou Gehrig's disease. Jason Becker, the young Jason Becker. Love Jason. I did a Jason a number of times. Mm-hmm. He was as kind and as sweet, sweet. as you could possibly be. Mm-hmm. Great guitarist. And Marty. And, and Marty, uh, the other one. Marty uh, Friedman. You yes. Know, Cacophony. Mm-hmm. The, those were all shrapnel, Mike Varniacs. They, mm-hmm. they were really wonderful, wonderful, mm-hmm. wonderful kids. I haven't, ta- I haven't seen Jason since, this, since that happened. Mm-hmm. I, I can't say anything other than great things about both those guys. The beautiful Stevie Nicks. Um, was that with was she in Fleetwood that time? Yeah. Or, oh. Yeah. So um, I had to shoot, uh, set up a studio uh, backstage at at the Oakland Coliseum or San Francisco, somewhere in, I forget where, but and uh, it's it's in the book where mm-hmm. it's but, uh, um, and I had to set up a studio and it was before their show mm-hmm. and they walked them in and they we did these portraits of each one of mm-hmm. them you know and I didn't really talk to her I mean. Mick Fleetwood made this classic face, and this just fell off. Keep that, keep that. That's okay. Just hold it right there for you. I'll get it for you. So go ahead. You can keep on talking. And uh, you know, Christy McVie made a funny face. I, I, you know, they're they were wonderful. It's a great shot. I don't particularly like uh, that Fleetwood Mac very much. I love Peter Green's Fleetwood Mac. That's the only Fleetwood Mac that I know of as a chi- as a child. That's the only up. one that matters. Yeah. He is, he is the one. I'm going to go right over you for a minute. Uh, Peter Frampton. Eh. You have no, him? no story. No? How about um, Joe Walsh? Uh, 
I love Joe. You know, I'm from Cleveland, uh -huh. and Joe Walsh's first band was the James Gang out of Cleveland. Right. And, um, you know, so I've worked with him a number of times, but that, was, that particular shot in the book, it's from when 97, the Indians were in the World Series, and he, he played at the B.R. Cone, so I shot him. And then and we we shot shot the breeze, uh, after, you know, at, at the drinking afterwards about the Indians in the World Series. But the next day he was playing golf for you know charity golf, and he's dressed like what like these crazy outfits. And I pull up, and I got my Cleveland Indian hat, and I turn to my ten year old son Casey, and I go, Casey, man, I'd love to get him in my Indians hat. And out of the mouth of Bays, Casey goes, Well, why don't you just ask him? And I go, Well, yeah. Hey Joe, can I get a shot of you in your clip, man? And he goes, "Sure, man." And he talks like that. You know? Yeah, yeah. You know, Boom! Yeah. I get this classic shot of him leaning on the golf course with Rodney Dangerfield-looking clothes on, and the, my Indians hat. You know? Unbelievable! Yeah. Um, Don't forget it, the hip hop character. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I want to talk about Tupac. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, he came in with uh, Digital Underground. That's when I got him in '91. And they were all like, Whoa, just being digital underground, kind of like Monty Python guys. Really? Oh, they were like, Whoa, you know, and, and uh, Humpty with the nose and being right, funny. Right, right. And you just, I just knew I could see there was something different about this guy on, and over the side. Mm -hmm. So I just kind of pulled him aside and said, can, can I get like three or four shots of you? You know, I, we didn't hang out and smoke a joint or nothing, but I just knew that I could tell. Mm -hmm. There was something about him, you know. He was, uh, and you did Bones and Thugs in Harmony too, didn't you? Yeah, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Yep. And uh, and uh, you did Heron Hall. Yep. So you you've you've really crossed over on a lot of different bands. My, one of my favorites, uh, and I have I have that picture at my home on my wall. Freddie Mercury and Ber uh, when you did uh, Berkeley Community when they played. Yeah, I, I got that job. I was hired by uh, Y and T because they mm -hmm. opened for the show. Mm -hmm. And so I'm there, and I have all these passes, and I took five pictures. And that one's one of them. Yeah. Oh my God. I thought, you know, I know, I, and I, I know, but I, I'm from Cleveland. Our, our musical mentality is a bit different. I, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I could have shot it because the, the days were different. I could have shot the whole show. Mm -hmm. I shot. These guys suck. I shot five pictures and left. <laughs> I gotta have twenty rolls of film. Oh, easily, easily. Oh, here, look at this one. Ooh. I know because this this picture is outstanding. You know, you did you uh, uh, took pictures of the stones in um, the Cow Palace, was it? Right. They had a time limit for you to just stay in the pit when there in front was of no them. Pit. Oh, oh, there's no pit. There was no pit. So how does that work? Okay, this was '75. Yes. So in those days. To see this, people would it was at the cop. People would sleep overnight for two, three days, right, in line so that they could get up close, front. right. And I had I was hired by the San Jose Mercury News. They were doing a a, a, um, a spread for their Sunday supplement, and the first one they wanted was the Stones. Well, I never, you, I didn't call and get permission or anything. You didn't have to. Mm -hmm. So me and my, I got a biker buddy of mine, and we got there and. I just squirrel my excuse me, 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 got as far as close as I possibly could. And these people are like this, they're like pissed, you know, like like this. They they haven't they haven't slept in three days or taken a shit, you know. And they're pissed that I'm so I look at them all go, look, 
I know you've been, been here. These are great spots way up front, and you've been there for days. I'm not going to ruin your show for you. And I've always felt this way at every time I did a concert. Uh, yeah, you're a gentleman. Um, I'm going to shoot for 10 minutes. Right. Here's my card. You call me. I'll send you a print. The biker gets down on his biker gets down on his knees. I get up on his shoulders like the girls are flabbing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I take two rolls of film, climb down and leave. I could again. I could have shot mm -hmm. 20 rolls of film, but I have. I I I knew what I got what I needed. Moment, yes. This is the blue collar guy. Mm -hmm. um, I knew I got what I needed, but I also knew that these people had spent two days sleeping overnight to be in front and to have some prick like me just push my way out of the way. Right, right, right. Uh, nah, because yeah. nah, if I was the guy in front, I'd have been going, hey, hey, hey pal, hit the road. Yeah. Get out. I've been here for two days. Get right. out. Move. Right, right. You know, and I didn't want to be the guy, you know, so I, I, I treated everyone with respect. And I'm sure a couple people were annoyed, mm -hmm. but I didn't stay very long. Mm -hmm. Shot two rolls of 35 millimeter, got down and left. Wow. That, see, that, you're almost like a, you're almost like a, you're compact, you use your time right, and then you're off. You're yeah, done, yeah, right? right. It's just, that's what you kind of do. Um, Paul Cantor. I love the Starship. I mean, in, in terms of my local history, mm -hmm. I didn't make, I didn't hang out with the stars. I mean, mm -hmm. I didn't go do, go party with them and get groupies and cocaine. And mm -hmm. I mean, I do the shoot and go home, kind of like what you just said. Mm -hmm. You know, because then I watched the Rockford Files with, with my wife Denise or whatever. Beautiful. Right? Or I mean, mm -hmm. if I had a softball game, I would, I wouldn't, I would turn down the shoot. Mm -hmm. And um, unless it was real important. But, um, but uh, what was the question? Oh, Kantner. Yes. So Paul. Journey, all the guys in Journey, you know, the Doobie Brothers, the Starship. I mean, those those are, you know, those are the guys Great that bands. I knew real well. Yes. Um, Greg Kinn. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't. Re I never worked with the dad hardly. I never worked with uh, Huey Lewis hardly. I didn't like his manager. I love the guys in the band and Huey, but I didn't like their manager. So, the Starship were really wonderful people. Paul mm -hmm. Kantner. I, I can't say he and I say he and I were best of friends, mm -hmm. or, uh, even by any means. Mm -hmm. But I worked for them professionally a lot all the time and. He was really cool. I mean, mm -hmm. He's a great guy. I mean, it's, you know. it's sad that he he passed too. Yeah, pretty young. Yeah, all those guys, you know. I mean, oh. every one of them. Yorma, Jack Cassidy. Mm -hmm. I mean, all of them. Grace. Oh God, they're just they're they're they are iconic, man. I mean, they are part of the San Francisco sound, yeah. uh, and brought it out to the world. Yeah. I didn't know this is an interesting picture that you have here of Mariah Carey. She actually played at the Fairmont. That, How did you get that? That okay, I'll tell you. That's a heavy story. No one ever heard of her. No, it was at a it was a, it was at a Columbia at a record company event. Mm -hmm. Tommy Matola comes out and it's like it's like just wasn't even on a stage. It was like on the floor in the in the in the lobby kind of, right? And he goes, I want to enter and all the Columbia record big shots and the, and the record radio programmers because mm -hmm. I want to introduce my new act, Maria Carey. And she came out and sang, and I took pictures, and that was it. That was the beginning. Beautiful, yeah. Beautiful pictures. You know, you talked about some of the rappers. You, you got Jay Z. Where did Jay Z? Where did you find Jay Z at? Jay Z looks so young in this picture. Uh, Enemy too, and and then also Tupac. Great picture of Tupac. Is this in your studio? Yeah. yeah. Look at this. Look at these pictures right here. And Eminem. And Eminem. Yeah. Um, I was. Uh, I was Cam Camel, the, the Camel's photographer, mm -hmm. you know, when it was a rock station. Mm -hmm. And then they transitioned over. Mark Naftali basically took KML and turned it into KML mm -hmm. and started playing these hip hop things and created hip hop radio. Mm -hmm. 
and I was the photographer. And mm -hmm. so I was there forever, and I did all their summer jams. Mm -hmm. And in the course of all their summer jams, there's you know, Jay-Z. There's one photo in there of, um, of, uh, of um, shit, it's in this section. Mm -hmm. uh, him. What's his name? Oh, that's uh, LL, LL Cool, cool J. J. Yeah, right. I got a I got a, a book by him. Yeah. So uh, in that he was cool. Seconds after that shot, mm -hmm. there was it was in it was in Irvine Amphitheater, Summer Jam, and uh, uh, and the Grape Street Crips, which were Crips. Mm -hmm. Oh from, yeah. From a section Grape Street in right. Watts, mm -hmm. they gang rushed the stage. Th no. The, the gang rushed the, to get in the gate, so they had, they just ran through the gate with the metal detectors, and they would just go take people's seats. There was a hundred, hundred of them, and you know we and the security guards were the security guards in the Nation of Islam, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm the photographer. Casey's my son's there's like 15. He's with me shooting, and Billy, my Douglas, my assistant, he's shooting, and we're watching the, you know, everyone's at the corner right. You're watching these guys in purple going, mm -hmm. going around, mm -hmm. and all of a sudden out there you start seeing stuff going on. Mm -hmm. And it's the Grape Street Crips versus the uh, Bloods. Uh -huh. And of course, you know, the performers, I forget who's who, but one performer's up giving a raven, waving a red bandana, and the next performer's raving a blue bandana. Yeah. It's like... Turf. Right, and it's going, getting on. And then all of a sudden, it starts getting, you start seeing this fights breaking out. Mm -hmm. and, and then the Nation of Islam goes out there. You know these guys. You don't mess with the bow ties, right? Right. And you start seeing them going at it, and them going down, and them not. And then it just it turns into a massive riot. Mm -hmm. Bottles, full bottles of water are flying. I reach over and grab Billy, pull him out of the pit. You know, and at right that point in that photo, old Cool J is just about saying, "Please stop! Please stop!" I have a photo, probably seconds after that, taken by Billy, mm -hmm. of be, between. It's not in the book, but between his legs, you can see me. And a, and a Nation of Islam guy, and I'm pointing, look out there, because it's just starting. And all of a sudden, this, the LL Cool said, please, we're going to cancel the show. we got to stop. And it gets nuts. Get the up. whole crowd rushes the stage. Oh, my goodness. And I'm like, oh, Christ. So I got Billy out, and I, I look for my son, who's 14. I can't find him. And then people, are, a gang of thousands rushing the stage. They've got they they got guys that are kicking them and pulling the beating the shit out of them on the stage. This is an amazing video if you want to look up something really really heavy. Mm -hmm. It's called Grape Street Crips, Irvine or, or Riot, mm -hmm. and it's like four minutes of and it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. They have one guy that guys are pulling them. The security people are pulling them this way, and the other guys at Crips are pulling them that way, and they got them completely naked, <laughs> right? And he's on the stomach. And the Crips are jumping up on the stage, stomping his head. Oh, unbelievable, you know. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that is unbelievable. Yeah, that's that picture. <laughs> you know, you did some shots. Uh, you know, on clarity, I'm gonna let the studio. I, hey, let's let it run a little bit more because this is really exciting we to need get to, to talk about the Yeah. How much? Of, how to get the book and stuff. And then um, you get a Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Was that in your studio? No, I set up a studio. You were talking about Camel. Yeah, I set up a studio. It was a cam it was an ad for Camel. Okay. And I set up a studio in Camel, you know. And then you have uh, MC Hammer. Hammer, yeah. Hammer was, you know, Hammer. 
Well, he's Oakland boy, man. I mean, he was great, man. He was all over the place at one time. I don't know what he's doing now, but you have one of my favorite singers, and you have uh, Mick Ralphs in the background. That's that's the boy. Bad company, man. Yeah, Mick Ralphs. I mean, if you don't have Mick Ralphs in it, it ain't bad company. No, exactly. You know, and it, Mick Ralphs was in uh, Mata Hoople. Yes, it? yes. And you have the, the, you know, you have an array of Pachula Clark. How did you get this picture of her? I had a great client, uh, Rory and Robert, that owned the Raz Room, which was a, a cool in the city, yeah, cabaret club, yeah. and that was they, they brought her in. Uh, this is this is also them. Um, That's uh, Rivers. That's Joan. Joan Rivers. Yeah, it was hilarious. They, you know, they have um, there's more in here. Mm -hmm. You know, I shot a million shows, Ashford and Simpson. Mm -hmm. You know, they brought all kinds of stuff in. Oh my so, goodness, you you how to get the book? Oh this. So, you know, as we continue just the Green Day, you got Green Day. How were they, those guys? They were, they were young when you did oh, that. Oh, they were wonderful. Look at them. Yeah. There was, you know, they might have egos now. I, I kind of probably doubt it. They, were, I, they don't. They, yeah. Yeah, they, they're pretty they straightforward, yeah. yeah. They're just, they're just they're normal heads, you know. So how, you know, f let's tell the audience, how do you get your book? Well, you can get it from my website, patjohnson.com. Uh, you can get it off Amazon. Mm -hmm. So Amazon, you can get it, and, and patjohnson.com. And then, you know, if you go to my website, it says my book, you know. And it's self-produced, mm -hmm. so um, I'm really proud of it. I I'm looking at it, and go out and buy it. Yeah, this is really an amazing book. I mean, we could talk for hours on his, his just the people that he's taken. And, you know, it's just amazing. Ted Nugent, a young Ted Nugent. I, I want to ask, because Ted is one of my favorite guitar players, even, you know, when would when was this at? This was uh, 1978. He looks and, so damn uh, young. Yeah, and uh, he was crazy. Mm -hmm. I loved him, but you know, unfortunately, he destroyed himself with his keeping couldn't keep his politics. Out yeah, of his that's what that's know? what it was. Yeah, yeah but I mean, he man, that guy could play some guitar. Oh, he Wang was fabulous. Dang, just for all you Nashville pussy. Exactly. <laughs> wow. You know, Amboy Dukes, you know. This is a great picture. This is a picture of Pat with David Bowie. How was David Bowie in being in his company? How was he? Uh, he was the, potentially him, Michael Jackson, and Sting, other than the local friends of mine, mm -hmm. they were the nicest people I'd ever worked with. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I was doing a shoot, and then it was time for dinner at some club. I forget the Cypress Club, maybe. And all the record radio producer, radio programmers got on the tables down there. Mm -hmm. And David Bowie and his, his band and the record company president are on a little dais. Like, and there's nowhere for me to sit to have dinner. I turn to my guy, Sky Daniels, Sky, where am I supposed to sit? He goes, looks around. He goes, oh, I guess right there. And he puts me next to David Bowie. Beautiful. And I go. The hell do you say to David friggin' Bowie, Ziggy Stardust, thin white Ziggy Duke, Stardust, you know? yeah. And I look at him, I go, hey, I'm from Cleveland. He goes, you're from Cleveland? And Cleveland broke him. Oh, they were the one that made him rise then. Right, because uh, they, he was doing the Ziggy Stardust album and tour and no one was going. Mm -hmm. And this one disc jockey on MMS, Billy Bass, started pumping the hell out of it. And all of a sudden, he just rose. And he it? sat there and talked to me for half an hour. Blew off the record company president. And just, just you and him. Talked about life. Talked about how hard the record business was, the mm -hmm. music business. Mm -hmm. How blah 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 blah. You know, mm -hmm. when he was with Tin Machine, they were absolutely horrendously bad. You know, mm -hmm. the soupy sales was too. Sad. I was just gonna say, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we're we're I'm a, we're gonna close. I got 
four pitchers I want to show or talk about. Um, you got a young Jack Beck here, a David Gilmore, and then a young also Lionel Richie. Tell me about all that. You've seen him, Jeff Beck, at the day on the green. That was a day on the green, yeah. And so, uh, you know, I had to get the shot. Mm -hmm. You know, and I walk up to him and go, hey, man, I'm with Epic. Can I get some shots here? And he glares at me. He gives me a dirty look, you know, like I'm a piece of dirt mm -hmm. under his shoe. Mm -hmm. Psh, I got the shot. I don't care. You know. Um, David Gilmore. Gilmore. That, that was um Pink Floyd. Yeah, private event. And... Uh, that Columbia Records put on it, and and uh, is it, they asked me, they needed to get some shots of David. And, uh, <coughs> David Gilmore, man, wow. I, yeah, I mean, really if it wasn't, idea. if it isn't it's, um, um, Sid Barrett, yeah, it's David oh, Gilmore. it's yes, exactly. You know I mean? Sorry, Wally or whatever yeah. the name is. Yeah. The other guy, yeah, I know what you're saying. Roger Waters. Roger Waters. <laughs> Roger Waters. Lionel Richie, how did you get him? That was um, that was at a uh, Gavin convention. He played oh, really? A private show. At the Fairmont. Yeah. And so he played for, you know, and then I pulled him aside and said, hey, man, I, can I get some shots? It's just, of course, man. He's a sweet guy, you know. He seemed like a very sweet guy. So I'm going to close uh, this show with another thing. So a couple of years back, I'm watching in from Cleveland. It was live from Cleveland. Um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So this was the night that Journey was going to be there and be inducted. So when they flashed on Journey, before Journey got on stage, there was this beautiful picture of Neil Sean. And I told my wife, I go, hey, fucking Pat took that show. She goes, Pat, who? I go, Pat Johnson, who just did Blue Voodoo. That picture, tell me about that picture. And that is, okay, that, it's iconic. Well, that's, that's magic. Um, that's, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you with a book if it wasn't for that picture. Mm -hmm. Um, my friend was Doug Roach. This is the picture, by the way. Yep. Mm -hmm. My friend Doug Roach was the bass player of Santana. He died 30 years ago. Mm -hmm. And he and I got to be friends through working at my photo mm -hmm. lab and he'd come in. and He invited me to be his guest at Winterland, New Year's Eve, 1973. And I'm like... 22 years old kid from Cleveland, like, whoa, really, <laughs> me? So I had to use Hasselblad, which means nothing to some of the people, but I borrowed, it pretty I borrowed a couple lenses, and I go there with my with Denise and my friend Rick and Linda, and I don't even think my name's going to be on the list, you mm -hmm. know, just because, you know, who am I? There it was. And I go there, and we go up front, and it's the opening act is Journey. It was Latin night, Journey, Malo, Sapo, and Santa. Wow, amazing. And Journey's first show. No one ever heard of Journey. It was their mm -hmm. first show. Prairie Prince was playing drums because they didn't even have a drummer. Wow. And I look up and turn to Rick and go, that's, 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 those are the guys from Santana. And he goes, yeah. And I go, bing, I take like, I don't even know, four pictures just as an aside. Mm -hmm. Don't take any of Malo. Don't take any of Sopic. I didn't care. And went there really to shoot a million pictures of Santana because I, how, when does a kid from Cleveland get that opportunity? Right. So... Doug Roach comes in a week later with slides, two and a quarter slides, and I showed Doug all the pictures of him and Santana. He goes, oh, these are great. And I show him the one of Neil, and he goes, oh, my God. Herbie's got, Herbie and Neil, have, Herbie Herbert and Neil have to see this photograph. He calls up Herbie, says, Herbie, I got this photograph of this guy, a friend of mine, Pat. And it was only a couple blocks over for where their office was. Mm -hmm. He drags me over to Herbie's office. Herbie sees this slide and goes, oh, Jesus. Calls Neil, says, Neil, you got to come down here and look at this slide. Neil comes down, and they both go, oh, Christ. 
and they buy like three hundred dollars worth of it. Wow! Right, prints, and then, and um, then, a couple maybe a month February, Herbie says, "You want to shoot our first real show in, at the Great American Music Hall in February?" Wow! And I go, "Sure!" And uh, so I'm like, "Jack, wow, Journey!" Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know the Journey was nobody then, but still, Neil Sean, mm-hmm. you know, Greg Rowley. I mean, and um, so I go shoot it at the Great American Music Hall, and I'm and I'm getting I'm in the front. I got the table in the front because I got there early with the band, and mm-hmm. I'm taking the picture, shooting them, and I feel people pounding on the back of my head, and I go, "What? What's going on?" And I look, my hair's on fire. Oh shit! Right, because I was using a candle to to load my camera. Oh. Right, and Ainsley looks at me and starts laughing. The drummer, mm-hmm. and so then a million years later, Herbie. Uh, calls me. Yeah, rest his soul. Herbie Herbert, their manager, calls me and says, "Pat, you got to watch the Rock and Roll Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. because they called it the, the the glow." And he goes, "Your glow shot is the shot that they walk out to." It's. It, and, I knew immediately what it was. And, I, and it, it literally ch- brought tears to me, choked me up because I mean, that was that's the picture that started me, and these guys. And it was their first shot ever to, of, of, of a band, even though it was only one of them. Wow. But yeah, these three or four more of my shots in their thing, but that was the shot. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's, we could, you're such a, you know, Pat, you're such a great storyteller. These are your pictures where you have documentation of it. Uh, we're running over a little bit, but I, I want to just say one thing about Pat Johnson. He's a genuine gentleman, rough on the edges, but that's what you find in Cleveland or any industrial city back in the day when him and I grew up. I grew up in Oakland, was an industrial city, Cleveland. Also the same same situation. Italian families. Um, Irish I, Italian, me, so I got that Irish. Yeah, yeah. And so for me, uh, to see him today again with this beautiful book that he has, um, he has a picture in there of Carlos Santana. As we all know, uh, Carlos is sick right now. Hopefully, for the he becomes better, and uh, I just wanted to state that because he has this great picture of Carlos in here. But Pat, it's been an honor always to see you. You're a straightforward guy. You're, in my mind, you're one of the, you're a treasure in the in the California or the music scene. What you do and how your pictures are now in a book that people could all enjoy. And just remember, if you want to buy the book, you go to patjohnson.com or his website, and uh, you could get or this. Or you can go on Amazon. I, I just put it up, and it's kind of it's it's not all done, but you can get it on Amazon. And you see what what uh, my producer Sujoy said earlier. Pat's going to take it over, so he did this. I like to thank Pat for coming. Uh, thank you for just being. You're sharing your stories. God, it's just great yeah, to see you, you as always, man. And uh, we'll be seeing him. We're going to be seeing him on another way soon. I'm going to talk to Pat afterwards and see what we can do for Pat because he has a special event coming up. And um, we'll keep that secret right now. But hey, as always, thank you always, always for watching us. This great man here, great photographer and a pal um, being here, the great Pat Johnson. And I like to thank everybody that is always watching our show. It has made our show. We have just passed the 5,000 downloads. I like to thank Chad. I like to thank Sujoy who makes all this happen. Uh, God bless you all and good night. Peace and love to all of you. Bye.
Good evening and welcome to a movie review of harmonics that I just went and seen just recently. The movie that I seen was Elvis. What a great movie. I recommend it to anybody between the ages of 10 all the way up to 100 if you're there. Elvis Presley was iconic in the 50s. He went to he went to Germany. He went to Las Vegas, and he almost just stayed in Vegas. But the movie itself was absolutely amazing. It told a lot about Elvis's life, his early life, how he grew up in a very poor section of Mississippi called Tipolo. Tipolo was very poor, and he lived in the area where blacks and poor whites lived together. It wasn't like Elvis didn't know how to sing. He got charged to be a singer. He went to revivals, which I did not know, and he sang and went to Baptist churches, churches, tent revivals. He went to all those things, and he just got the spirit. When he started out, he always wanted to sing. He had a twin brother, and his father was usually in and out of jail. His mother was probably his biggest influence. But Elvis himself was going to be a star some way, one way or another. When he actually re, actually re, uh, recorded at Sun Records back in the day, he was just driving an electrical truck. People thought in his high school that he was very odd, but really in all actuality, he had a spirit in him that would actually shine throughout the world and still does. The movie itself, the man who portrayed, the young actor who portrayed Elvis in the movie from the beginning, except when he was a young boy, but from the beginning to the end of this movie was Austin Butler. What an amazing actor. He had all the moves. He had the sound. Of course, the music was basically, he mimicked Elvis's music. So he, those songs were all Elvis's voice in there. Colonel Tom Parker was played by Tom Hanks, who was actually a alumnus from Chabot College, which we're at Chabot College's studios right now, Comcast Studios. But Tom was great. I actually was telling my producer, Chad, that I really hated Tom in the, in the movie. What I meant by that, his portrayal of Colonel Parker, as we all know, was mesmerizing, but it was also how cruel he really was to Elvis. It talks about his early life when he got up and about Bill Street. You got to realize Elvis was interactive with blues singers, and some of the best were none other than B.B. King. He actually, there's a scene where B.B. King and him are getting their suits, suits uh, basically um, tailored when Elvis started hitting it, and B.B., what a lot of people think that other people like NBA stars were the ones that first started the shorts, slacks, B.B. was doing that in the 50s a long time ago. In fact, I got a picture of B.B. in his short slacks and a nice, you know, suit. So he went on Bill Street and everybody loved him. You're talking about Bill Street. The majority of the people that were going on Bill Street at that time were our black, uh, black families. People that loved him. You should have seen how they, they embraced him. So he goes up in this little little room. I forget the name of the, of the club that they were playing at. And who's there singing first is Sister Rosetta. Sister Rosetta is singing. And I don't know who was the, the actress, but she did a great job. After that was done, 
B.B. and Elvis are talking, and then who comes up on stage? Are you ready? Little Richard, who portrayed him. It was so realistic. Then it goes into his life. The reason why they actually took Elvis to Germany or joined, because they didn't want, he was breaking the racial barriers. And that's why they sent him off. The, the Southerners did not like him intermingling with blacks and blacks intermingling together. Well, as we all know, music is our universal language. Elvis came back, didn't necessarily start making a bunch of Hollywood movies, Kid Creole, you know, Blue Hawaii. He also wanted to, later in life, wanted to play A Star is Born, but the Colonel wouldn't have none of that. He eventually went back and decided in 1968 to make a special. That was the revival of Elvis Presley. If you ever get an opportunity to see that, that, it's great. What the kid did, Austin Butler in that show, absolutely amazing acting. Absolutely amazing acting. Eventually, he goes to Vegas where he's kept in a glass cage. And it's sort of like ruined Elvis. There's a thing in the, there's a, a portion of the movie where it shows while Elvis is on stage, Colonel Parker is signing on a napkin that he'll be there for five more years. Elvis didn't want to do that. He was never really reluctant um, he, to fight Colonel Parker, but he should have got away from Parker a long time ago, but that never did happen, and that is history. He talks about his life with Priscilla. Priscilla was a beautiful lady. Whoever portrayed her, absolutely beautiful. Beautiful portrayer. I can't remember her name. But the two main characters were Colonel Parker and Elvis Presley. I highly recommend it. I think that you should go, go to the show. I would give it a 10. That's only because I'm a musician and also a, a theater goer. I hate to give critical uh, you know, down, but I really love it. I think you'd love it. I think anybody that loves Elvis would love it. So that's my review for the movie Elvis Presley. I'd like to thank you. Uh, the staff and all of us would like to thank all of you for always watching Harmonics and we're doing reviews and other little segments to keep it keep us on the line, okay? And also to let you know that thank you for all of you who have downloaded on our podcast. We have now 5,000 podcasts and what i like to give a special thank you to the late great woman promoter, Joyce Conright, who actually, Joyce Conright made it right for us. 5,000 and we're heading for 10,000 now. Peace and love to all of you. Thank you so much for watching and listening to the review of movies from Harmonics. This is Gregory Korea. Peace and love.